let's kick off. Right, ready to go? They did this like weird punchy arm motion thing, as if I was like a 50-year-old market trader. I have no idea why I did that. I actually have mulled wine, Jonathan. Couldn't afford champagne, so I have sparkling water. I love it. It, One day I'll be the uh, voice double of Sean Connery. Oh my god, I'm scared. (laughs) Do you seriously think I want to live in a city that's full of interpreters? Welcome to Troublesome Terps. Now, as you may have figured out, this episode will be special as we are around Christmas time. We will be dealing with the ghost of interpreting past, present, and future. Although, we're only looking back to February of this year, so no worries, it's not going to be a history lesson. Now, with us today is Santa's little helper, Jonathan Downey. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you, Matt. My bells are jingling with excitement. Oh my god. (laughs) I don't really know how to take that, but we'll just leave it as that is. Hashtag NSFW. Of course, um, I myself am here, Alex Gansmeyer, in my role as the helpful little elf coming from the wintry wonderland of Bavaria, surrounded by, unfortunately, not mulled wine, but I hear someone else in our little circle has it. And last but certainly not least, the man without whom Jonathan and I probably wouldn't be able to bestow upon you the gift of this podcast every single month. It is Santa himself, Alex Drexel. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> yes, it's me. I have a, a big old cup of mulled wine from Ikea, uh, so I'm, I'm definitely in the mood for a troublesome tub. Christmas special. Did the mulled wine come flat packing with a screw loose or something, if it came from Ikea? <laughs> yeah, it actually took me two days and three Allen keys to get it together. You guys, this is no, this is not funny. I just tried to get together a, a IKEA closet last oh, you did? weekend. Yeah, it took literally five of my friends to come over, and we figured it out together. <laughs> so, it's a very fresh wound. <laughs> the very oh. first IKEA bookcase my wife and I put together, we put together with the help of a friend, and we were so newly married, we didn't have a hammer between us, and our friend didn't have a hammer, so we we took off our shoes. And repeatedly whack the nails in with shoes and rulers. <laughs> so there we go. A little Christmas present. You know, you can imagine Jonathan taking off his shoes and whacking an Ikea bookcase. I can totally imagine yeah, that. Th- yeah. Doesn't this just get us into the Christmas spirit? Into the Christmas <laughs> Exactly. But what's more Christmassy than whacking a bookcase with shoes? <laughs> but thinking back at some of the things that we've seen this year, I think it's also very fresh in our minds because... You know, this was our very first year. Troublesome Terps got started. Yes. Not actually been all that long, but it feels like we've been around for quite a while. Yeah, it's been so much fun. We've recorded several episodes and it's always been a blast and uh, we've got good feedback. Yeah. Including the feedback that we should make shorter episodes. That, that what we're, That's what we're going to try to do today. So let's see how that goes. Well, the feedback was indeed quite positive. We were nominated for some prose awards. Uh, we didn't win quite as many as Jonathan or Alex, so I don't have any. So it would be nice if we won some next year. You can win the Troublesome Terp Award for the, the most deserving non-winner ever post new choice award in interpreting <laughs> who's also German yes <laughs> love it I'll take it I'll take anything I can get my hands on <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but besides that I think um, if we just run through a couple of our episodes that we've done the, the first one that we did uh, as I mentioned was in February and we started with a 
thing that a lot of clients think of us is, is that we're dictionaries on legs and we discussed if we were or if we weren't. And yeah, I think that was a really good way to kick things off with such a a prevalent notion of what we do for a living. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was published on the day before Valentine's Day. So I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, February the 13th. But it was a fun episode. And um, I think we were still finding our, our way, if you will. But um, yeah, it was a fun episode. I, I, what I find interesting about that episode is that there's some material in there from all three of us, which I think is an education to our fellow interpreters. I think there's still a need as interpreters to be able to quickly and briefly say, what do interpreters do? And while that episode is anything but brief, well, we're not very good at brief, we are interpreters. Yeah. But but the more that we realise that if clients see us as dictionaries on legs, we shouldn't really be selling ourselves as dictionaries on legs, I think the better interpreting will be. And I think it was good to start with something that is fun and got a laugh, but there was actually, from all three of us, there, there was some fairly intense interpreting theory there. Um, and some of the feedback I've had is, you know, people saying that we're a bit like interpreters answer to Monty Python. I'll take that. I think that first episode, <laughs> there was a little bit of Stephen Hawking in, the, in there amongst the Monty Python as well. <laughs> Definitely. I don't think Stephen Hawking and Monty Python would go together, but you know. Yeah, and the thing is, we, we talked about this, um, among other things, about this little device, this kind of babblefish-like device that you put into your ear. And I, I've yet to see anything about it. I think it was... Um, there was a lot of PR going on back in the day, but I haven't heard anything about them in the months after, which probably speaks volumes. Yeah, kind of a flash maybe, in the pan. <laughs> maybe just maybe we killed it. Mm -hmm. I was recently <laughs> flying somewhere not very exotic. I can't even remember where it was. No, sorry. It was Amsterdam I was flying to recently, and it was advertised in the KLM in-flight magazine that they were on pre-order with no actual date for when they would be delivered. So, you know, if anyone would like to give me a couple of thousand pounds, I will be on pre-order, but I will not give you a date when I can be delivered. I'll just pocket the cash. <laughs> Perfect. How much was it? Do you remember? I can't remember. It, it was in the hundreds of something, but I can't remember which currency. And obviously, you know, nowadays, in the hundreds of pounds is about six euros. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So that was that was a good start, I think. And we, we followed up um, just two weeks after that, March the 2nd, with um, one of our most downloaded, most listened to episodes, number two, which was about stress and burnout. Yeah, I think it was really one of the most popular episodes, especially in the beginning, of course, and it stayed that way for a while, just because I think it's a very relatable topic. You know, kind of everyone can find something that they can relate with because they've been stressed, they've felt burnout mm. at some point. So I think it was just a very, I don't want to say a very general topic, but a very relatable topic in that way. Yeah. I, I still find it scary that whenever I raise that subject, every interpreter that I talk to, no matter what kind of interpreting they do, has had at least one episode of burnout. What my New Year's resolutions is I've been in touch with a, a professional who looks at professions and tries to reduce their burnout. And so one of my New Year's resolutions is to keep talking to him and see if we can get something done that would help interpreters to either not burn out or at least to reduce the amount of burnout in the profession. I don't think it's something that's necessary for interpreters, but everyone has been there. 
So let's see what we can do next year to stop it. I think that's a very good New Year's resolutions. And we'll talk a little bit about New Year's resolutions or wishes for 2017 at the end of the episode. But uh, that's definitely one of the of the good ones, I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely one of the good ones. And then we had a, a bonus episode in, in March. And that, that didn't go so well, which kind of surprised <laughs> me because this was basically a collection of small outtakes from the, from episode three, which we'll talk about in a second. And it was about a few recipes about what to do when you have a sore throat as an interpreter, which of course is, is very difficult. So we shared a few like recipes or strategies, but um, maybe it wasn't such a big issue as, as we expected. Or maybe it was my onion tea recipe. I don't know. <laughs> you know, everyone's going to go back to that mini episode and go, what was the deal about onion tea? No, I'll, I'll just tell everyone to, to listen back. It's just a few minutes, just a, a, a small bonus episode. It's literally just three minutes long, everyone. So just yeah. head on over there. I think we're, we're probably going to link it in the description box yeah. below. So Please do send us your recipes for getting rid of a sore throat. Maybe we should have like an interpreting wiki of sore throat cures, because I think every interpreter has a different sore throat cure. Yes. Um, I suppose the best one is just stop interpreting for a while, but I can't see any of us doing that, because interpreting is addictive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then, so with this bonus episode, you guys actually did a, a real episode, a proper episode, that I unfortunately had to sit out on, because I wasn't there when you guys taped it, which was a shame, because you taped it with Valeria Aliperta from London, from Rainy London Translations, and that was a really fun episode. And I really like the title, which is Bad Translation is like, like Bad Coffee, which I think is a very good analogy, especially for those people who like coffee, which includes me and I think Val um, also. And yeah, that was that was definitely a fun episode. Is there anything specific you remember from that, Jonathan? Um, I do remember that we ended up, without meaning to previewing our conferences episode, because Val and I had been to the same conference. That's right. Um can I just put a sales pitch here for fellow interpreters? Go to conferences more often. Not just ones by especially go to conferences where translators will be there too. Although not everything will be absolutely relevant to everything that you do, the atmosphere of being amongst fellow language services professionals is going to inspire you. And I think we have underestimated how much interpreters can learn from translators. I even met an interpreter who... who is using Trados to do terminology work. Mm. You know, translators are way better at mining and managing terminology than interpreters are. I would not be surprised if there's an interpreter somewhere who writes their terminology on the back of a brown envelope. <laughs> uh, I, translators now seem to have their terminology stored in the cloud, stored in the sun, stored in the whatever, and they know what they're doing. And so I think interpreters need to get off their um, chairs and go to a wider translation and interpreting conference. And incidentally, we would find that presentations would be more relevant for us if more of us were to turn up. That's a good point. Mm, that's a very good point. But we'll get to the conference um, episode later on. That was episode seven. Um, so this this one with Valerie was in March, and then we skipped April, probably because it was uh, high season for most of us. And then the next episode came out on May the 6th, which was on another very controversial topic, i.e. remote interpreting. 
Yeah, and it's still very controversial to this very day. I think, you know, sticking with the theme of Christmas, that's just kind of the gift that keeps on giving. I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about that again in 2017. Yes. I would really be surprised if we weren't. <laughs> and we, we had a guest on that episode as well, Professor Barry Olson from the Monterey Institute, which was great because he's probably the most knowledgeable person when it comes to remote technology and all the new platforms that keep popping up. So that was it was great to have him on. What really stood out to me about that episode was um, a very candid admission from Professor Olson that remote interpreting is about covering certain, I think he called them use cases of interpreting. And I think if we can understand that all of these technologies that are coming into interpreting are good for different cases, and none of them are going to replace simultaneous as it is, sadly, nothing is going to replace long consecutive, which I just <laughs> really, I'm still scared of. It scares the Rosanna out of me. Um, so none of these things are going away. It's just that there are new forms of interpreting and new use cases. And that actually is good because it creates bigger markets for us all. So that really stood out to me in that episode. And um, from then on, one of my mottos has become, listen to the researchers, ignore the marketers. <laughs> and that goes for any interpreting technology at all. Yeah, I, I think that was definitely one of the key takeaways from this episode. And also, it's something that Barry keeps on saying. He's saying that um, we have to engage with the new technology. We have to at least look at it. We cannot just say, no, we, we want nothing to do with it. We'll have to look at it. We'll have to see if it's any good or how it can help us. And and also is that it, it won't necessarily replace uh, any traditional forms of interpreting, as you, as you just said, Jonathan, but it may open up new possibilities and new opportunities for us, which I think is a, a healthy approach to the whole thing. Any thoughts from your side, Alex, on remote? Many, but... Um, <laughs> too many for a short episode. Too, too many for a short episode. No, it's, I, I agree with you. I think we definitely have to interact with the new technology that is coming out. Otherwise, it's just going to steamroll us um, because something is coming one way or the other, whether we like it or not. I'm just still I thought it was that was to me one of the most interesting episodes that we did just because you could actually ask Barry about, about all the different hot button topics that have to do with remote interpreting so what happens if the computer crashes what do we need to do who's responsible for what and I'm not sure I uh, agree with all the answers yet but I definitely think it's one of those topics that we just need to talk about and we just need to be open to the idea, but be critical of the execution. Because, you know, for me, interpreting needs to be good interpreting. There's really no point if it's bad interpreting. And if this new technology, this new way that, or this new technology that opens this new market, as Jonathan said, um, gives our good service a bad name because it's kind of, you know, doesn't really work the way it's advertised, then we have to be really, really critical. And that's kind of the, I'm kind of torn, as you can tell, you know, because I'm obviously kind of like into the whole idea in a way, but then I'm really not. So for me, that's, I'm still on the fence. But that to me was really one of the standout episodes that we did of the of the year so far. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and as we just said, this is probably one of the topics that we will be revisiting 
next year, maybe again with Barry or maybe someone else. But I mean, there, there are new platforms popping up all the time, different approaches. So it's something we should keep an eye on, I think. And um, it's a good fit for a, for a troublesome podcast. <laughs> well, one of the things um, most people listening to this won't know the background to troublesome terps, and we, we don't need to do the whole story. But we three of us agreed that there needed to be a space in interpreting to deal with the topics that are traditionally taboo. Yes. And yeah. remote interpreting, while it's not taboo, as soon as you say those two words next to each other in a sentence, you tend to get some kind of emotional reaction. Um, I think where, where we can kind of pat ourselves on the back is we managed to cover that topic without either going fanboy over the technology or telling Barry where to put it. Um, somewhere in between of being cautiously welcoming and happily sceptical. And I think this is the thing is that we're, we're probably one of the braver interpreting podcasts, and I would like that to stay as our hallmark. And if people disagree, if people think we're all big Jessies and scared of stuff, tell us and we'll yes. take on something even sharper. You know, Speak up. The, the, there's no topic that we're, we're going to look at and go, we're not going to cover that. I mean, Alexander Drexel is a staff interpreter. His job is not on the line. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah okay <laughs> moving on <laughs> <laughs> moving right along i wanted to talk about something else that happened in may but real quick jonathan your your book came out the successful interpreter can you give us a, a quick update on how it's, how it's been doing and have you been happy with the response so far um the response has been good but quieter than i would like mm. I can say it's now in the in the library of where I work at DG Interpretation, so that's that's an achievement. <laughs> it, it's, it's sold well over two hundred copies. I'll be getting the final well the sales tally for this year very soon. Um, it was well over two hundred the last time I checked. It's had a relatively warm reception. I've had a couple of criticisms on things. Um, one of the things I'm doing in the U very soon actually is putting together videos for. Um, extended resources for the book so anything that people have mentioned that they criticize so people criticize the fact that i didn't define neutrality and so on all of these things will be in the free videos which are coming out as soon as i can get them out and um, probably in the new year um and actually um it's been lovely to get praise for it but i've asked most people who've told me who've read that i've asked have you done any of the exercises and the universal answer has been not yet. So <laughs> last week, I think I brought out a blog post and it was based on that. And it wasn't me getting upset, but me just realizing some that I did the same thing. And I brought out a blog, blog post called Don't Just Read the Book. <laughs> Pointing out that the reason why I wrote the book wasn't so that everyone would, you know, call me for guest lectures and fly me all over the world. Although that would be nice if more people would do that. Um, exactly. The reason why I wrote it was actually for people to look at a chapter, do some of the exercises in it on their own and together so that the profession can move forward. The profession is not going to change if we don't take some kind of action. And even if you don't want to do exactly what I've suggested, look at the book, take some ideas, and I don't care who gets the credit for the ideas. What matters is that we change the things that need changed. So that's just my, you know, on a pedestal, get on with it, lecture for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Let's move on through the year. What about June, Alex? 
Well, June was the next episode. That was the Oh Behave Booth Manners episode. And uh, I think as some of you might have seen, we put some, you know, Austin Powers things out there on social media because it was a little bit of a naughty episode of the do's and don'ts. And I thought that was a very fun episode because it really was all about the different little stories that each of us had to share. And um, we'll do a follow-up kind of a follow-up in 2017 uh, based on a LinkedIn article which dealt about falling in love, quote-unquote, with your booth mate. Uh. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can do that as the Valentine's Day episode. I thought that would be very fitting, maybe. That's a great idea. Any idea how much trouble that would get me? Um, <laughs> my wife once asked me, is it not really awkward to, you know, because, you know, we're probably three of the, what, 10 male interpreters in the world. My wife figured out that I all, almost always share the booth with a lady, and usually it's the same lady, actually. Mm-hmm. And she said, does it not get a little bit awkward, you know, sharing the booth with another woman? And I'd spent so much time telling her, seriously, there's no way you could have romance in the booth. And now some <laughs> person has come up with an article on falling in love with your booth, mate. That's not helping. <laughs> well, just make sure to keep your wife away from that February 2017 podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Good idea. So that's definitely, I think, an evergreen topic that, uh, as you said, Alex, keeps on giving. So that's, I think, another one that we can that we can follow up on. Yeah. Um, and then after or towards the end of the summer break on August 22nd, we published, I think, the most successful Troublesome Terps episode yet. Yeah. With another guest, uh, Evandro Magayash, and we had a, a, a few nice outtakes on how to properly pronounce his name. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up, Alex. <laughs> yeah, the episode was called The Outside World Doesn't Owe Us Anything, which doesn't say a lot, but it was basically about how, I think, how a profession is received and um, what we can do to maybe improve things on that front. For those of you who haven't seen it, Evandro has this fantastic TED video on interpreting, so we're also going to link that in the uh, comment box below. That is fantastic. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's amazing. Yes. And I think we can also give um, a shout out to another podcast, which is related to interpreting. It's by uh, Linguali, a tech startup in the interpreting space. And I think their recent or latest episode also features um, Evandro. I haven't listened to it yet, but I can only assume it's very good. Did you just use the phrase interpreting space? Yes. I'm sorry. I did say that. <laughs> Let's just ignore it and move on. <laughs> so yes. that, there was no episode in September. There was one in October, though. That was uh, the one before this one today on October the 24th, which was all about conferences, which I think is one of your favorite topics, Jonathan, isn't it? It, it is. Um, I think that that was specifically the episode that someone said to me recently. It sounded like interpreters doing Monty Python. Um, there, was, <laughs> there was a lot of fun in that episode. Um, and I do think it kind of comes off the back of a shift. I'm seeing more and more events for interpreters. I'm seeing more and more interpreters coming to um, translation interpreting conferences, which is good to see. Um, it was fun. Probably our lightest episode i think that was us almost doing you know light entertainment rather than our usual heavyweight <laughs> deep philosophical discussion but it was yes that's what we're known for yeah, yeah. Deep, deep 
deep philosophy and Ikea wardrobes. That's what we're known for. <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly thought that this episode was, was very appropriate for the time just because it kind of transitioned us nicely into November where um, Alex and I had another highlight of the year because we organized together with a whole host of other fantastic colleagues from Germany and abroad. We organized a, a, the first interpreting bar camp in Munich. And Alex, you were there. Maybe you can give us a couple of impressions. I was there indeed. And um, it was not the first bar camp in the, sorry, interpreting and translation space, <laughs> but it was the first bar camp that was specifically tailored um, to interpreters and conference interpreters. So there were about 30 of us. And it was organized by a, a small team of, um, I think, eight people. Um, and it was in Munich in a co-working space and it was a typical bar camp. So we had, um, sessions, short sessions about all kinds of topics, including remote and marketing topics and, and other things, including yoga as well. So it was very hands-on in, in that way. And I think it was quite successful. So we'll be doing, um, another one, presumably next spring. So in spring 2017. If you're interested in that, and if you're able and willing to travel to Germany for that, I would recommend you keep an eye on that. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard so many good things. I'm still not entirely clear on what a bar camp is. It sounds like an excuse for interpreters to drink. Well, I was just going to uh, say, it's all about gin and tonics. <laughs> <laughs> but no. from, from what I've heard, it seems to have been one of the most useful events. Something I'm glad to see is that we're in interpreting, we're getting rid of any idea of hierarchy or I'm better than you I'm better than you it seems like interpreting's becoming all about peer learning and peer sharing and I think that's becoming so so important because certainly when I joined there was still a sense of you know this is how you had to do interpreting you had to follow in the footsteps of those who'd gone before you you had to take their opinion and there's a place for that I mean I think we we miss not having an apprenticeship stage in interpreting but also the world moving so quickly, you know, if I want to find out about using tablets in the booth, I wouldn't go to an interpreter who's been working for 30 years. I would talk to Alex Drexel. Thank you. you you're probably the world's leading tablet interpreter. I wonder why the that tap is. Term. But, <laughs> the tap term. But, but, this is, but this is the thing, is, is that every interpreter is becoming an expert in something just because we have to. Yes. Um, and I, I think that is the wonderful thing about our profession. And also, we're all smart, intelligent people. So we, we experiment and try things and we're happy to share what we've found. I think that's the sign of a healthy profession. And uh, I think apart from the bar camp, November was a pretty crazy month. Um, all of us were really busy, um, lots of assignments. And now it's December. We're recording probably the last episode for this year. But um, as you can reckon already, we'll, we'll keep going next year, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. We'll come back swinging as soon as the winter holidays are over. I just want to quickly put this shout out into all of our listeners because we haven't we have gotten some feedback and some topic suggestions. But I think it would be really great to hear from everyone who's listening on what they would like us to discuss. Or maybe somebody actually can suggest a topic that they know something great about and then they can join us on a podcast. So I think it would be really nice if you could let us know either on Facebook, email, Twitter, or you find us on basically all the different social networks. You know where to find us. You, you know where to find us and how to find us. So what are your plans for the, for the next years, guys? Um, I think, Alex, you'll be working on a new website, I've heard. 
I'm planning on it. I'm planning on kind of revamping my website just because, you know, it's something something to do. And everyone who knows me knows that I barely have anything to do in my life. So why not do that? <laughs> to fiddle around with a new website. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I found this really cool template. So thanks, Alex. That's going to be fun. Okay. Um, what about you, Jonathan? You got any exciting projects coming up? Another book? Conferences? Tell us all about it. I have... I'm going to have two free giveaways for pros uh, prospe prospective clients this year. Um, early in the year, I'm, I'm going to be trying to solve the problem. I don't know, Alex Kansmeyer, if you've had this where you get offered an assignment and you seem to have an endless email conversation to get all the information that you need to be able to do it properly. Um, yeah. so, so I have designed the ultimate interpreter briefing form, and that will be going live on my website early in the new year. And the idea is that any client who wants that can have it for free. They just need to give me their email address. And if they give me their email address, I'll give them two weeks of um, tips for working effectively with interpreters. There's also a free ebook aimed at clients, which is I'm about halfway through at the moment based on blog posts and things. Um, but my main deal for next year professionally is to try to get more direct clients. So you will see me on various social media places. I will be very difficult to escape in real life. <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning to realize that um, the visibility of our work is actually not as great as it could be. I, w I think I told you this story in a previous podcast. I went to one of Europe's largest trade fairs for the events industry. And, you know, what else is interpreting part of the events industry? I was talking to clients there and they were saying, you know, We, we need interpreters all the time, but you're the first interpreter who we've seen at one of our trade shows. Hmm. And my reaction was, really? <laughs> That's shown me that there's an opportunity there to get interpreting in front of clients. There are other projects on the go next year that will be revealed as they come up. But what's exciting is this is the first year, my first new year after doing a PhD. And the world is my... Um, Oyster. Ethically selfish. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. How about you, Alex? What's what's coming your way in 2017? Well, not much. So the the professional life of a staff interpreter is actually very steady. <laughs> But like that's a bad thing. <laughs> no, I think for me that's fine. I'll be, for example, at the CUT Forum mid January. Um, it's it's not a super well known conference in the interpreting space. <clears throat> But it's actually a very interesting conference. So if, if you're interested in, in hearing a few talks from academia and from language service providers and so on, if you just Google Suti Forum, you can find more information on that. So you can find me there. And if you're there, do say hi. Um, and I'll be at the ITI conference in May in Cardiff. So if you're there as well, it would be great to, to meet you. One of my New Year's resolutions is actually to do more work on media and PR and kind of marketing and sales interpreting. So yeah, that's something I want to develop next year as well. Awesome. So it sounds like we all have very interesting things coming up for 2017. And one of them will be to continue this wonderful podcast. Gentlemen, it's been a real pleasure. And I hope we continue this. Yeah. Um, yep. I think we should wish all the listeners a very happy Christmas or whatever other holiday they are celebrating. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And see you in 2017. Have a fantastic new year. Happy new year. Yes. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
short and sweet. I had no idea we could do this. My dinner this evening, I, I might go out and get McDonald's, but I don't know if they'll still be open, but so far it consists of Pringles and sparkling water. Deep philosophy and Ikea wardrobes, that's what we're known for. <laughs> Thank you.